how great thou art he's an awesome amazing magnificent god isn't he and we're going to come now and spend some time in prayer and we're going to start by praying up and and, and praying into that relationship that we have with him uh all because he first loved us and then we'll move into prayers for for the church uh, worldwide and and then uh, prayers for for the world itself and all those who are yet to know jesus so let's just settle down let's just let's come and and let's pray up and so we're gonna we're gonna pray a prayer of confession and leave space for you to come and and, and to reconnect um to reaffirm that relationship that you have with god and to recommit to it so holy god as we contemplate your wonder your awesomeness we we also call to mind our weakness our sin and we come and we confess all that we've done which is contrary to your perfect will that perfect will that you have for us and for this world and and that includes the things that we haven't done which we should have done that includes even the sin within us that we do not know so holy god forgive us we pray lighten our darkness strengthen the spirit that you have placed within us give us peace as we walk in your ways and we pray this for the sake of your son who is our lord and our savior jesus christ we move to look in continuing in our prayer for the church throughout the world the body of Christ and pray for her leaders pray for the congregations that they lead pray for all who are working in the kingdom And especially today we offer up our brothers and our sisters in faith in the Ukraine and Lord we pray that you as we just prayed for ourselves that you strengthen them we pray for protection for them and we pray that, that you provide for them in all that they need at this time this troubled time praying out we continue to pray for the whole of your creation lord we pray for political leaders for our political leaders and and, and others throughout the world and this time we offer prayer for president putin that he hear the call for peace and for russia to step down We pray for the whole people of Russia, 
and especially for those who are right now speaking out against war and being punished for doing so. We pray for President Biden, for Prime Minister Johnson and for leaders throughout the EU as they continue to work. We pray for your direction, for your wisdom, that they hear and that they respond to the best way forward in forming peace. We pray too, Lord, for those who are closer to home, those who do not know you. We pray for those who have friends or family in the Ukraine and are struggling at this time, either with lack of communication or, or just unknowing. And for ourselves, Lord, we pray that you help us to stay true to all that you have asked of us, both as individuals and collectively as St. John, as we seek to minister to the least, the last and the lost, both near and far, and introduce them to your Son, to Jesus. And so we come, we give you thanks and praise. We praise your name because you are our hope and our salvation and you call us to share that with the world. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you've got anything that you wish to be praying for, if you want to share it in the comments this morning you can do so and other people will join you in those prayers if you want to keep it a bit more confidential uh, just email email us we have prayer at stjohnmd.org or from the website there's a, a form to fill in for prayer and it, it remains confidential and it only goes to those who are committed to be praying uh, the requests that we get and of course we'll have the prayer team available um, after the service for, for a short time uh, to be praying with those who, who, who call in um, to receive prayer. Just wherever you are right now with God, whatever he's doing in your life right now, whatever he's doing in your heart at this moment, stay with that. If there's a call to prayer, then pray into those things that he's putting on your heart. We're going to play some more uh, music, some more songs. Uh, feel free to join in and worship, but don't feel compelled. Stick with what God's doing and saying in your life. Worship him and pray to him. We're going to sing King of Kings to start and really glorify his name and name him for what he is, the King of Kings. So let's sing.
So we pray to have our hearts aligned with him. Him who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And this is our last message, our last in the series of looking at the Lord's Prayer. And, and during this time we have we've seen how this prayer is about how we praise God's name, how we proclaim his reign, how we acknowledge his purpose, we ask for his provision, we seek his pardon, we're equipped and prepared for the spiritual battle that's ahead, and how we request his, his, his protection as we walk as disciples of Christ. It's a perfect prayer. And it's a model that Jesus has given us and he's instructing us how to pray. And it shows us each element of what prayer should be. And, and it could be really summed up in, 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 in four different words. Uh, adoration. Consecration. Thanksgiving. And supplication. And, and that makes the acronym ACTS. And, and be because of that you can remember remember it because that's how we should act that's how we should be coming to God our Father in heaven in prayer and our prayer should be reflected in how we act in life offering our worship and our adoration consecrating his name giving thanks for all that he has done and then coming with our needs See, as we as we come to the end of this 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 series on the Lord's Prayer, um, we're looking at the doxology, the, the the conclusion for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And okay, this this final piece, this conclusion as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, isn't given 
to us from the mouth of Jesus, as everything else that we've looked at so far has been. It was added by the early church. Um, but I really think it was added to help us. Some of our, some of our traditions, they're not found necessarily um, explicitly in Scripture, but they guide us. And, and they're always based on God's word. They never contradict it. And that's the case here with the doxology, that it provides for us insight into the way of life for those who heard Jesus' words. Yeah, and it might not have come from his mouth, but it, it certainly expresses his heart. You see, in, in, in the time when Jesus walked the earth, uh, the Jewish people, they would end their prayers with a blessing to God. So, I think it's safe to assume that Jesus would have expected his followers to have added this to the prayer that he'd given them and not to just end with uh, protect us or save us from the evil one and these words that we pray they've been handed down to us from the early church um, for us to pray that or to pray something similar to that and it allows us to really uh, frame the prayer we, we're topping and tailing our needs our desires and we're engulfing them in praise to God I think that's important for us because as we as we concentrate on what it is that God has done and we rightly praise him then this can only encourage us in our faith it can only support us in the hope that we have of what he will still do and John Packer says it that uh, the more you praise the more vigor you will have for prayer and the more you pray the more matter you will have for praise I love that uh, J John who similarly says um, that only this sort of confidence as we expectant praise a confident expectant praise will put our concerns and our lives into the right perspective And so we started this whole series looking at the privilege that we have to call God our Father. That we're welcomed into his family, that we're children of the one true King, the King of Kings, as we just sang. And then we walked through those different petitions, praise, proclamation, purpose, provision, pardon and preparation and protection. And here we conclude with this phrase where we are realigning our perspective for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen so let's get into it and we're going to have um we're going to have a go at each of these different entities um which declare the belonging to god we've got the kingdom we've got the power We've got the glory, and then we've got that tiny word, which has enormous meaning, Amen. And we're going to look at all four of those aspects. So the kingdom of God is forever and ever. His kingdom has outlasted, it's outlasted the Roman Empire, it's outlasted the British Empire, it's, it's, you know, it's outlasted everything that has been, and it will outlast everything that is. Kingdoms have come and gone in this world. Earthly kingdoms... They're temporal, but God's kingdom is not. 
And we looked at this a little when we dug into proclaiming his reign in, in week three. And if you remember, I said that, the, that as a church, we've got to be bold, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we've got to be bold and emphatic in declaring that Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It's the greatest kingdom that there is and ever will be. And we need to proclaim it. If we really believe it, we need to proclaim it. We're in the world which is full of social kingdoms, um, which preach a social gospel. But we're not to align with this. We're called to stand firm on the truth, on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is God's word which leads to God's kingdom. Not a social gospel. You can't use a social gospel to get to the kingdom of God. You can only use God's word to get to the kingdom of God, to understand the meaning and to know what its purpose is. See, the gospel declares that Jesus Christ is Lord. Full stop. Period. There's no other Lord. And when Jesus says in Mark 12, uh, to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, and he's not talking about taxes. He's not talking about whatever anyone else wants to pretend that he's talking about in possession terms. Because the people who know God, when he's speaking, the Jews, they know that everything belongs to God. We should know that too. So if everything belongs to God, we give Caesar nothing. Because nothing belongs to Caesar. And so as God's son, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, everything is Jesus's too. The kingdom of God is present everywhere we declare him to be Lord. And so our role as disciples is to move to be more and more giving of our lives. Give more areas of our lives to him. Make him Lord in the areas that we struggle to make him Lord. Where we still try to be Lord ourselves or allow someone else to be Lord or something else to be our Lord. See, the more we give to him, the more we declare him as Lord in each area of our lives, the more we step into walking as disciples of Christ. The kingdom of God is wherever we declare Jesus as Lord and the kingdom of God should be our priority. See, Jesus tells us this not long after uh, providing us with the words of this perfect prayer that we've been looking at. He says in Matthew 6, verse 33, Seek first, or some translations say, Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, what things does he mean when he's talking about the things which he's just spoken on previous to saying that statement? So we're looking at receiving need. We're looking at not needing to worry. Why? Because we have a good God who is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord provider. Now that is the, that is the question that I can answer. The, 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 the what's, what's he saying that will come our way? But the question which we all need to ask ourselves, both individually and collectively, a question you need to answer for yourself, is where are we doing the work of the kingdom what is it that we are doing for the kingdom see in answering that I, I don't want you to be overly negative we shouldn't limit 
this to just church work being carried out by paid staff or or, or volunteers with key perspective um, released or licensed or equipped you see we've got to think of it as wherever God has placed us is it at work in school whatever schooling level you're at at home um, your neighborhood in the activities that you like life in general what are you doing for the kingdom of God remember the kingdom is seen everywhere that Jesus is declared as Lord so another way we could ask this question would be where are you declaring Jesus as Lord what areas of your life are you really declaring that are you living that so that people can see it because whatever we do in life we should do it as an investment in the kingdom of God I mean if God's kingdom is going to last forever, which it is, and Psalm 103, 19 tells us that the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So if it is going to last forever, then is there anything better for us to be investing in? We're just looking at yours is the kingdom forever and ever. And then we pray yours is the power and there are two things that I want to say about this statement two things that are really uh, really teaches us as we pray yours is the power what are we saying we're saying that we don't boast in our own self or our own achievements or in our own strength in the same way that as we just saw in looking at the kingdom everything belongs to God here we are saying everything is because of God and this should be such a relief to us as we hear this because God calls us to join in the mission of reconciliation with the world we are a new creation we are made ambassadors for the kingdom and here we are saying that the power that makes the world go round this immense vastness this awesomeness of God it works through us to accomplish all that we seek to do for the kingdom that's right in line with the writing of Paul to the church in Ephesus in uh, chapter 1 verse 15 um, and, and verses to follow he, he, he writes I have heard of your faith in the Lord and your love toward all the saints and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in prayer I pray that God our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened you may know what it is that you hope what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places for above all the rule, the authority, power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but in the ages that are to come. And he has put all things under his feet 
and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And that's a picture of God's power. That's a picture of God's power at work in those who believe the body of Christ, the church. And he repeats this um, a little later in chapter 3, uh, verse 20 of that same letter. And he says, to him who, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. His work in us can achieve abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. But sadly, as, as we saw a little last week, there's one who has grown an army that doesn't believe God's rule, that doesn't believe all power and authority rests and resides in him. And because of this, we're in a bit of a, a spiritual battle, aren't we? And we proclaim this and we choose to live in it okay and if we do that if we choose to live in his power we choose to allow his power to live and work through us as the church we're going to feel the opposing forces come toward us come against us the more we step into acknowledging his power and living for his kingdom the more we will recognize and realize the battle rages on even though the war has been won and this doxology that god's is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever it reminds us of that truth that he is the king he's the king of the cosmos i love that phrase the king of the cosmos and in stating this truth, we are able to deny the lies which try to refute it. They try to refute it, but they fail to refute it because lies will not stand. And this brings us on to look into uh, that, that, that God's glory. A glory which we declare here in the prayer as being forever, as the kingdom and the power are. And I just said here how... When we pray this doxology, we're reminded of truth. And in praying these short words, and the glory, we're referencing the primary purpose of our existence. Okay, We are made to glorify God in all that we do. In our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. Whatever we're doing, it should be done for the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul wrote that for us as we read in Colossians 3.23. A verse which our very own Paul Bucher loves to share. Whatever your task, put yourself into it as done for the Lord. The glory of the Lord is awe-inspiring. And let's be honest, it can be rather frightening at times. But in a good way. Uh, and if we look at scripture, in the, in the Old Testament, God displayed this glory in, in bursts of bright light. Light which, which has it's come to be referred to as, as the Shekinah glory. And, and that's not a phrase that is in Scripture. 
But in the same way that this doxology we pray at the close of the Lord's Prayer isn't there in Scripture specifically attached to the Lord's Prayer, there are many references throughout and there are doxologies throughout Scripture. But I'm, I'm drawn to think, as, as we talk about glory, uh, to think of Moses. He met God at a burning bush that did not become consumed by the fire. He had God reveal himself as Jehovah. And, and more modernly used Yahweh. And, and you might remember that that means really I am. But it, but it means more than that. It means I am who I am and I am who I will be. That I will be who I will be. And later in his life, having followed through that mission to, to bring God's people out of Egypt into to, to, to looking for the promised land, Moses camps outside of, of the rest of the, of, of the camp of the Israelites. And, and, uh, and he goes to spend some time with God. And we're looking at kind of Exodus 33, 34. And I'd encourage you to go and read some of that yourself. But I share with you that the, the, the gist of, of this story as, as Moses, we're here at 33, 18-ish. Uh, Moses says to God, show me your glory. And then God says, I, I can make my, my, my goodness pass by. And, and I'll proclaim before you the name, you know, the Lord. And, and I'll be gracious to those I'm going to be gracious to. I'll have mercy on those that I'm going to have mercy on. But, sorry Moses, I can't show you my face. Because nobody... Nobody sees me and lives. See, God didn't allow Moses to see his face, but he did share with him some of his glory. He revealed that which he could reveal to Moses. Moses was hidden in the cleft of a rock. He passed, God passed by that cleft and he placed his hand across Moses' face so that Moses could not see God's face. But as, as God passed by, God's hand moved and Moses could 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 see God's back. He could look upon God in a way that was safe for him to do so. And then a few verses later in, in the next chapter, Moses, he spent time with God again. And, he, and he's received from God the law, which he brings down from the mountain uh, on the tablets, on the stone tablets. And his face is shining because of this. He, he is radiant. He didn't know it. But the people saw it and, and they were a bit afraid by that. And so he covered his face. He wore a veil when he was with the people. But he removed that veil when he went in to the tabernacle to speak with God. Okay, today, though, it, God's glory, I think it can be as confusing as that. Because we're called to glorify his name. And in turn, his glory fills us as he lives within us, as we give more and more of our lives over to him. Now, it's not that the Shekinah glory is revealed, um, but those of us who are devoted followers of Jesus behold the glory of God. That's what 2 Corinthians 4, 6 tells us. It says, he made his light shine in our hearts. His light gives us the light to know God's glory. His glory is shown in the face of Christ. But 
we too have sin in our lives. We can be proud. We can be people of, of false humility. And we can strive to be praised instead of to praise and seek first the kingdom. See, as disciples of Christ, we're not to be rushing out to make a name for ourselves. But really, we're not to care about our name in that way. We shouldn't care if our name is forgotten as long as his name is lifted high because that's our priority to make his name known to lift it high as a banner that flies across this land as the song says because the kingdom the power and the glory are forever and then that last word we pray a small but mighty word amen and i said to you all simple meaning for this is is that i agree but it's really it's more emphatic than that it's a it's yes with a fist in the air it's and so it shall be see really when we pray the lord's prayer or, or any prayer uh, as we conclude with this word, with the word Amen, we are, we are referring back to everything that we have just prayed. And once again, we are naming it, confirming it, we are committing to it. Okay, the doxology that we pray at the end of the Lord's Prayer. It should really drive us to be singing God's praises. It should drive us to think again of the rest of the prayer that we've prayed to that point. Following this model that Jesus has given us and praying in each of these different areas, acting out our prayer in life, we pray amen. And amen means so it shall be, not just let it be, but I agree with that and I'm going to live for that. And drive us on to be praising him further. Because prayer should lead to praise. Which would lead to more prayer. And then more praise. And that's what Psalm 147 verse 1 tells us. It teaches us that praising God is a very, very pleasant thing to do. And indeed, it is the right thing for us to do. So as we prepare to come and receive from him today in sacrament, let's sing a doxology. We're going to play the doxology. Not the doxology we've just talked about in the Lord's Prayer, but a different scriptural doxology. A doxology which is often linked with offering. And so I ask, what are you offering today? Think about his kingdom, his power and his glory forever and ever. And that our role as disciples is to give more and more of our lives over to him and declare him as Lord in every area of our lives. What's he asking you to give that you haven't yet given? 
today. Here's the doxology.